Welcome to the Trowers and Hamlin Smart Cities podcast. This episode will discuss what a smart city is and explore the opportunities and issues arising from the smart cities agenda. My name is Amadeep Gill and it's a pleasure to have you join us for the first of this podcast series, exploring the issues arising in relation to the smart cities agenda. Each podcast will involve me speaking to an expert in the field about a specific component of a smart city. So today I'm delighted to be joined by Ian Mansell, who has an extensive track record in smart cities, including seeking out global best practice and bringing back to the UK some of that knowledge. He's subsequently been a founding member of the Black Country Smart City Network and now runs the Smart City Alliance through Innovation Alliance for the West Midlands. Good morning. Thank it's you, Amadeep. It's a pleasure to have you here. And as this is the first of our podcasts, Ian, I thought we'd start from base principles, really, just to make sure that everyone is up to speed. So um, given that, can you encapsulate what smart cities are? I can indeed. Um, so if we just take a step back and look at contemporary living. So contemporary living creates certain city challenges that have got negative effects on things like energy, natural capital and health and well-being. So a smart city, um, in my opinion, should be citizen-centric, focusing on core infrastructure and giving a decent quality of life to the people living in it with a clean and sustainable environment to boot. Mm. So essentially, a smart city is a city that uses um, smart solutions to enhance the quality and performance of urban uh, services. So we're thinking of things like transport, um, energy and utilities to really um, reduce the um, resource consumption, the wastage and the overall costs to the city. I think it's a really difficult thing to encapsulate, actually. I think you've done a brilliant job there um, because it, it is so amorphous, isn't it? It's so big. And the, the I think when, as we kind of go through each of these podcasts, we'll understand that actually the constituent parts of a, a smart city are so amorphous in their kind of range that you need to kind of have a sensible conversation by starting looking at a, a, you know each element in its own right. So we'll be talking to people on energy, on waste, on infrastructure, on data, on privacy. And I think all of those um, are complex topics in themselves, but all fall into that agenda. Um, so looking forward to that. But thank you very much for starting off with a fairly um, difficult question about encapsulating a smart city. So having understood what those salient features are for you, what, what do you think are, are the genuine key ingredients of a smart city and what barriers do you think uh, exist specifically in the UK in creating a smart city? In? Okay, great question. Um, for me, the key ingredients for a smart city are that it needs to be um, responsive, it needs to be intelligent, it needs to be connected and it most definitely needs to be sustainable. But these all need to be in alignment with cities and needs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can talk about things like resilience, how can you use smart technologies uh, for future city planning around things like transport and the way people move around a city, the way people use a city can help influence um, city planners. Um, it really needs to be resource efficient. So when you're looking at things like energy and water uh, and waste from food, um, they all need to be managed efficiently and the materials and byproducts need to be circulated. So there's a circular economy element to a smart city. But on top of everything else, a smart city really needs to be knowledge focused. So if you're going to be creating this city of the future, how do you ensure that you've got the people with the right skill sets um, and, and that inclusive um, growth element to it? Mm-hmm. And, and that's quite a hard thing to achieve 
I think. But, you know, you keep on mentioning that citizen-centric element to all of this. And um, I think that's fundamental, isn't it? Making it right for the people that live in these cities and not forgetting their needs as you go along that journey. Definitely. The barriers um, really in the UK that are uh, kind of two main factors. Um, the first one is lack of funding. So we're talking about um, a situation at the moment in the UK where local authorities have um, huge, huge funding cuts. So their, their funding has been reduced by 36% um, in the last year. Um, and although smart city technologies have got the potential to streamline processes, that is the long game. So you really can't blame local authorities when it comes to um, choosing where they're going to allocate their funding and, and taking a more short-term perspective. I mean, the other thing is lack of consumer awareness. Um, so there was a recent um, study conducted by Open Access Government, actually, where 68% of the UK public admitted they still don't know what a smart city is or the benefits that right. it can bring which is quite amazing. Yeah, that's really significant, isn't it? And only 24% of people believe that smart city technology can improve overall safety and security in the UK. And the other slightly more challenging um, findings were that 26% of people even found the concept of a smart city worrying. So this is obviously a challenge when you're looking at the long-term sustainability of a smart city. Mm. The end game is actually the seed funding, obviously that can come from government, but then you need the um, you need the citizens to be able to buy into the principles and understand the value that it will, that it will have. So cities can consume seventy percent of the world's energy, um, and by twenty fifty, urban areas are set to be home to six point five billion people wow. worldwide. It's just a staggering figure, isn't it? Really, that is staggering. So that's two point five billion more than today. With sixty eight percent of the world's population expected to live in cities by twenty fifty, smart technology is essential. Um, to tackling the challenges being created by progressive urbanisation. So we're looking at things like um, you know, societal, in, including congestion, overcrowding, and, and worst of all, inc increased security risks. Okay. So that kind of piece around citizen engagement and citizen buying is essential. You talked there about fear of a smart city. Could you expand that a little bit? Because I'm intrigued by that. What what are people so scared of? I think it's a big brother effect. Yeah. They, oh, right, okay. Yeah, they think they're going to be spied on. They think they're going to lose control. Yeah. If everything's connected, can everybody um, can everybody access their data? Can everybody find out what they're doing on a day-to-day basis? Do they leave the, lose their individuality? Do yeah. they lose their um, anonymity? Um, so there, I understand there's challenges, and when you first hear about these types of kind of innovations coming through, yeah, you know it's that kind of robots are taking over our jobs type uh, mentality. Isn't <laughs> yeah, it? absolutely. Um, but the long game for a smart city is to be citizen focused, yeah, and, and to create those kind of um, health and well-being benefits as well as kind of environmental and sustainability benefits that, that um, smart technologies can bring for the future. No, thanks. And actually, it's really salient because the, the next podcast after this with, is with um, Dr. Uh, no, Professor uh, Prasant Pillai talking about AI, and we'll be going into some of those issues around uh, you know, erosion of jobs, etc. And also, um, in a couple of weeks' time, we'll be speaking to Claire, who's a, who's a work for government on privacy issues. And I think that's going to be a massive issue for people when we're trying to create citizen-centric cities, where actually to optimise the experience you have to have access to data, the that erosion of 
um, potential privacy um, as a consequence of that. So, you know, there's going to be a, a balancing act, isn't there, to there be struck. Is, there is, yeah. um, And, you know, we, with all of these things, we get into the grey very quickly about, you know, what is confidential private information and actually what needs to be available. Um, so I'm really looking forward to having that discussion, actually, to, to find out a bit more detail. But you know, I know that you've done a number of... Um, global visits to smart cities and you have um, uh, been to some really great examples in the UK and I know that you're intimately involved in the agenda here in the West Midlands. Can you talk a little bit about your experiences from these visits and what's actually going on on the ground now in you know one of the biggest urbanised areas in the UK here in Birmingham? Yeah of course. So I, I kind of started this smart city journey myself um, back in 2015, where I went on a um, smart city learning journey to Barcelona. And um, Barcelona is one of the leading European smart cities, um, where we went to La Fira, um, which hosted the Smart City World Congress, um, where I saw some amazing things. You know, you're talking yeah. about um, robots for loneliness, um, interconnectivity really? on all their public transport systems. Okay. Um, some, re- some really cool things, but very much focused around citizens. Um, if you come back to the UK, there's definite um, examples of kind of excellence, I'd say, in terms of places like Bristol. Um, so in Bristol, 2017, uh, they topped the Smart City Index, and that was thanks to their Bristol is Open venture, um, which is seen in leading the way in areas such as data access, energy innovation, and importantly, community engagement. The hot on their heels, really, is London, unsurprisingly, which is currently working towards actioning the Mayor of London's Smarter London Together Roadmap. Um, the plan incorporates five key milestones, more user design spaces, which is something actually we saw recently through the West Midlands 5G demos. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to seeing more of that in the West Midlands. Um, a new deal for city data, world-class connectivity, digital leadership and skills enhancement, and city-wide collaboration. That's one of the reasons why some of these cities are, are, are really excelling in mm. these areas, because collaboration really is key when you come, you come to smart cities. Another one worth mentioning, actually, is Glasgow, um, which in 2013 was awarded £24 million of uh, funding from Innovate UK to become a future city demonstrator site. And it basically developed digital infrastructure and data initiatives to make it an interconnected smart city. Interestingly, it reported in 2017 um, that the programme has delivered a return on investment of £144 million. So really, that does highlight the value of investing in, the, in these technologies, especially when you're holding conversations with local authorities that are completely cash-strapped. Absolutely. Um, you know, yes, there is the short-term kind of wins, but there is a longer game here. That's then, over a £5 return for every pound of ice. It's insane, really isn't impressive, it? isn't it? It's, it's there. The figures are there. I would say, you know, Barcelona it was absolutely amazing, but there's other places like Helsinki that are doing some amazing things. But probably the, the world's leader in smart cities is probably Singapore. Okay. Um, and they've got a, a super ambitious government-led smart nation initiative, which basically aims to merge technology into every aspect of daily life on the island and has made it an indisputable leader when it comes to smart mobility, safety, healthcare and convenient administrative services. So we've got a lot to learn from people like those. And I think, uh, just picking up on one of your points there, I think it's absolutely vital that we have really good public-private partnerships in delivering of this. I think there is no single body or entity that can lead the smart city agenda. I think we're going to be looking at some real novel 
kinds of partnerships emerging and, and it's not the sole responsibility of the public sector nor is it the sole responsibility of the private sector i think we're going to have to have some really interesting co-working going on agreed and, and and we've got perhaps some good examples of that in birmingham really. we have actually so birmingham is on its way to becoming a smart city but it's definitely happening in pockets of activity through the smart city alliance we essentially provide a platform for different smart um, innovators be there from the public, private, third sector, whether a startup, whether a corporate, you know, we provide that space. And some of the amazing things that I've seen over the last few years through the through the Smart City Alliance are things like um, WIMAP, which is um, across across Birmingham. So essentially, that connects all of your transport needs for the day, whether or not that's catching a bus. So then catching a train, and um, so then uh, booking a hire car. Yeah, shameless plug, and you wouldn't know this, but we did the contracts for that. Oh, you did? Yeah, for the combined authority. So I know with the WIM. It's mass global, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. And mobility as a service was quite novel. I think it's the first, they, they did it in Europe, and then they came here. So, it you did. know, it, it did, was it's a really interesting way of resolving um, people's mobility needs. Yeah, and you know, you, we, we've all got time pressures on us. Life becomes increasingly challenging. Every every kind of little helps. And this was very similar to the kind of stuff we saw in Barcelona, actually. Yeah. Um, we've also got things like, if you're talking about circular economies, we've got the um, Euro uh, European Bioenergy Research Institute, which is an ERDF-funded project out of Aston University mm. that's looking at energy from waste. That's really interesting. We've even got a pilot of hydrogen buses coming out of Tysley Energy Park. Oh, I hadn't heard of that. Yeah, it's yeah. really excellent stuff. So you're talking about that kind of like clean, um, environmental, environmentally focused... Are they operational now, then? They are. They are. Okay. They've just they've just gone live a couple of months ago, actually. I, I do believe so. That's a really excellent initiative. And then we've got some great stuff coming out of um, some of the other universities. So Citygate is something that's come out of Birmingham City University. That's essentially looking at how it can um, create an urban data platform for the West Midlands. And they've got air quality sensors across the city. Um, they've also got a, an initiative called Birmingham in Real Time, um, which is funded by Transport for West Midlands, that looks at data traffic and essentially that kind of like future roads resilience and the transport for west midlands future planners you know, how are we using the roads how can we better use the roads and things like that so that's really amazing and then we've got some really really cool things coming out of um, emerging technology like augmented and virtual reality from people like Enlighten and Holosphere VR that are using um, the new technologies for the benefits of cities and well-being so things like mental health um, reduced burdens of um, reliance on medication for pain and things like that. So there's some really interesting stuff. But I really think the big one actually that, that could really be a game changer is we've, we've obviously got West Midlands 5G. Um, and that's looking at healthcare, mobility and industry, but will eventually create the infrastructures capable of um, taking us into a smart region, let alone a smart city. So that's really exciting. Absolutely, and, and you will know uh, we're intimately involved in that. So, uh, you know, thank you for another shameless plug there. Uh, <laughs> I really appreciate it. And is that everything that's happening in the region, do you think? You know, the future is bright for us here? Or, you know, are we kind of learning from the lessons from those cities that you've already talked about and been and visited? Are we a step behind, do I you think? think? Well, we're probably a step behind in the sense of the adoption across the city. Yeah. So these are funded projects that will no doubt come to an end. So there's that kind right. of sustainable challenge and obviously the, the kind of local authority and citizen adoption of these types of technologies and, and initiatives are key. But I certainly wouldn't say that we are falling behind. I just think every smart city 
is different. You know, smart means something different to, to each city, to each country, because each area has got their own challenges. Yeah. So if you were talking about resilience mm-hmm. in, in a country that um, is terribly affected by earthquakes or yeah, hurricanes absolutely. or something like that, this, that smart resilience means something completely different than it would do in somewhere with the weather slightly more placid, like the UK, where potentially our, our, our biggest challenge is things like flooding or you know road congestion and things like that. So um, we're definitely not leading the pack, but we are well on our way. No, no, absolutely. And talking about that journey and getting further along it in terms of making sure that we, as a country, as well as a city, as well as a region, are, are at the forefront, you know, leadership comes up time and time again. And it it's key to getting uh, the Smart City agenda up and running. What do you think this needs to look like, i.e. the leadership? Um, what does it need to look like in terms of achieve success in the Smart City agenda you know, what are those attributes that we, we really need to have in mind in terms of both organisations and individuals wanting to push the charge on this and, and be leaders? I mean, it's four key things, really, in my mind, um, as regards to, to leadership in something that's very citizen-focused. So it needs to be open, it needs to be accountable, it needs to be collaborative, and it needs to be participatory. Anybody that's trying to approach um, a, a kind of like smart city focus for Birmingham or for the West Midlands has got to consider the city or the region as an entity. Yeah. So at the moment, we very much look at our, our regional strategies and, and policies in silos. So there's an energy strategy, there's a transport strategy, there's a data strategy, etc. Et These all need to be merged together. That's super important. And we really need to start understanding the systems and the inter- interdependencies of those systems, but really with a focus on public value. So yeah, it's co-creation between leaders and citizens that's something that really needs to be taken into account. If anything, I've taken away from, you know, a, a really interesting chat. Thanks very much, Ian. It's about that collaboration piece. It's about that co-creation. Nobody knows all the answers and nobody has all the answers. Citizens need to be heart at the heart of the conversation. You know, I, as a resident in a city, have got certain views on it. And actually, if you superimpose a solution on top of that in a, in a, in a desire to actually assist, it may be counter, counterproductive, actually, without that conversation going on. And so that co-creation piece is really important. And that collaboration, public and private. No entity has got all the answers and no single entity can do, do the or can contribute to the agenda in a holistic way. It, it's a meeting of minds and meetings of people by the sounds of it. It is. And I think, you know, if you take a step back from what that actually means, that sounds scary, that sounds really challenging, but mm. actually that means that you can break this down. There's not one single person that's going to be held yeah. responsible. This is uh, an aggregated effort. Absolutely. And, like and as soon as you start unpicking it in, in that sense actually the, the challenges and the hurdles to overcome to really become a smart city suddenly start to diminish. Absolutely. Well, um, on that note, the aggregated effort, um, I think it's uh, incumbent on all of us to, to contribute to the agenda and make um, our experience of a, a city better for future generations as strain on urbanised areas grows. But thank you very much for a great chat, Ian. Um, and I'm sure it's uh, everyone who listens will find it as a great introduction to the agenda. And I'm grateful to you for your time. Thank you. Thank you. You have been listening to a podcast brought to you by Trowers and Hamlins. Find us at Trowers.com and join in the conversation on Twitter at Trowers or find us on LinkedIn and Instagram.